It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's that time of the week again. The second college football playoff rankings are out. We start with the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. They enter the fray after winning their last three, including a win over Clemson. First-year head coach Marcus Freeman looking for a season-best fourth straight win on Saturday. You want to talk win streaks? How about Tulane? Still the highest group of five teams sitting at 17. Tulane has won five in a row. It's longest win streak since 1997 to 98. That team, by the way, won 13 in a row. Clemson, meanwhile, trending in the wrong direction, falling six spots from four to just inside the top ten. The Tigers had won 14 straight games before that loss to Notre Dame, the longest active streak in the FBS. And TCU moves to four ahead of Tennessee, one spot shot of tying their best playoff ranking ever. That was 2014. And the only top team that has dropped more in one week than the Vols was Georgia in 2017. So we take a look at this week's top 10 college football playoff rankings brought to you by Verbo. The defending champion Bulldogs back at number one and for the eighth time in program history, tying Clemson for the second most all-time. Alabama has the most with 24. You have to go down to nine to find the Tide, the third lowest ranking ever in the college football playoff era. We say hello now, Wendy Nix, Roddy Jones, Tom Lugan, Bill. And again, as we make our way towards another week, we'll look back for just a minute at these rankings. Finish this sentence, Lugs. The most surprising thing from the second playoff rankings is what? The gap between USC and UCLA. SC sitting there at number eight, UCLA there at 12. And, and I'm not so sure that, that SC would, would beat Alabama or Clemson or Ole Miss. And they're going to take on UCLA here in a couple of weeks. SC is so gifted on offense. And the quarterback play of Caleb Williams is, is Heisman worthy. But it's glossed over their deficiencies on defense. And from a defensive perspective, they are nowhere near a championship caliber team or a playoff caliber team. And I think with UCLA, their ability to run the football, along with DTR at the quarterback spot, UCLA may be a better overall football team, so I'm a little bit surprised at the wide gap between 8 and 12.
I agree with you there, Lugs. I think UCLA is the better, certainly the more complete football team, and DTR should certainly yeah. be in that Heisman Trophy conversation. I'm going to go with my biggest surprise from yesterday's rankings on a positive side was TCU being at four. I thought when Alabama was ranked above TCU a week ago that there was no way Tennessee was going to drop below the Horn Frogs if they lost to Georgia in Athens, particularly when the rain started to fall. I thought that was going to give the the committee a little bit of an out saying that, hey, the possibility of a, of a comeback was hindered by that. But TCU, uh, it shows that, that eventually wins start to win out. And the fact that they are still undefeated meant a lot to the committee. And honestly, I think the committee heard the public outcry for TCU uh, over the last week or so and said, hey, look, let's put him at number four. No harm, no foul. It'll all sort itself out at the end. Uh, so let's go with Tennessee at five and TCU at four. I think that's a real possibility, Roddy, and it speaks also, this does, to the strength of these programs. First time ever, by the way, since we've had these rankings that neither Clemson or Alabama are in the top six. We finally have some new faces. Let's talk a little bit about the aforementioned TCU, uh, some notable teams who have their work cut out for them before it's over, and TCU is right there. The most difficult remaining schedule left, but they could secure a spot in the top four if they win out, they're, they're there now. They'll try and stay. Michigan, meanwhile, the only team in the top ten that has to play two college football playoff top 25 teams in its final three games. So they, too, have a lot of work to do. We, we said this, Lugs, and it's true. If TCU takes care of business, they should be okay, right? They have to win out. Is there a scenario? Can you come up with one where should they trip up and have one loss, they still get in? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I think probably the Pac-12 champ would need to have two losses. They need Oregon to lose again. They would need SC to lose again. Um, that probably would put them in a pretty good spot. And fair or unfair, I don't know if it matters what Clemson does. I, I think there, there's such a negative perception of the conference. People just seem to be waiting for Clemson to to drop off, and then they have the the ugly loss against Notre Dame. So, we should be weighing a ACC champ if it's a one-loss champ in this discussion. But I think the the Big Twelve, if it's TCU, whoever it may be, if they have a loss, all right, they need Oregon to slip up again. They need SC to slip up again out of the Pac-12.
it certainly makes it a lot harder if the Pac-12 doesn't slip up loose. I think there's a really slim chance, though. Like, let's say they go to Texas and they lose a close game in overtime and then get a chance to play Texas again in the Big 12 championship game and they win that game. Yeah. I think then there's a scenario where the committee could justify it. We've seen precedent for this. I mean, in 2017, Georgia goes down to Auburn and gets blown out. That was a game that was a three-touchdown game by the end of it. But they played Auburn in the SEC championship game, beat them by three touchdowns, then they get in the college football playoff and are a second and 26 away from winning the national championship. So, so I, while this TCU team isn't as good as that Georgia team, I do think there's some sort of precedent for a team losing in the regular season, avenging that loss in the championship game and still getting in, although it will very much depend on what happens in the rest of the country. Well, you know what? It's tough because we talk about it like it's easy. Uh, ESPN gives them just a 4% chance to win out because of that difficult schedule that we showed you. So although they've had tremendous success so far, they really do have a tough a tough road here from now until the end of the season. Roddy, you mentioned the Pac-12. Sometimes we don't talk enough about what's going on out west. Uh, These are the Pac-12 contenders. Oregon, of course, tripping up week one, but then really playing lights out since then. And, of course, Luke, you talked about UCLA and USC. Uh, Roddy, when you look at this and you look at the Pac-12 as a whole, who gives uh, that conference the best shot when we talk about the playoff? I actually think it's Oregon, and I know their loss to Georgia stands out. I mean, the, the number the, the number that they lost to Georgia by is huge, but that was game one of the season. And as much as I, I agree with, with a lot of what our stats say, I respectfully disagree with the hardest schedule going forward because it's Oregon to me. They've got to play Washington, who's in the top 25. They have to play Utah, who's in the top 25. And then Oregon State, who just fell out this week after a loss. So overall, I like Oregon as the best shot because they're There's just so much meat on the bone for them with the last three games and then an eventual Pac-12 championship game that they are a complete football team. They've got a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback as well. Oh, it's Oregon without question. I totally agree with you, Roddy. And they're just playing great football in all facets of the game. And you're right. The schedule is going to be difficult, but all it's going to do is further prove the point that they belong. And I'm not as concerned about the loss to Georgia in in the opening week. There's precedent for for this back in 2014 when Ohio State lost to Virginia Tech at home in a bad loss in week two, and they go on to win the national championship on their third-string quarterback because the committee valued improvement. They They valued what does the team look like now. And right now, Oregon is playing as good a football as anybody in the country. It's so true, Lukes, but you know what? I have, I have to say I'm guilty. I'm one of those people that has that week one just sort of stamped in my brain because it was so decisive. Right. But, again, I understand why, and they've certainly uh, been a better football team since then. Don't forget, by the way, to vote on Twitter at, at ESPN College Football uh, for which team you think will be the Dr. Pepper one final team. You can do that using the hashtag one final team. Meanwhile, We take a look now at What's Your Beef, presented to you by Old Trapper. This one's easy enough, Luke's. You know everybody's got an opinion when it comes to the college football playoff rankings. We'll go through this each week. Uh, What's your biggest issue this time around? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, I just think that uh, where I, and I, I don't want to harp on the Pac-12 here. I, I, I don't. But I just having SC at eight, I have a hard time with because of the defensive side of the football. And if we're looking at championship caliber rosters and, and having seen SC last week, having prepped for that game leading into it, I have such respect for what Lincoln Riley and that staff have done to turn this thing around in a short period of time. The transfer portal additions, not just Caleb but the other players like a Jordan Addison, a Mario Williams, uh, they've done a remarkable job uh, waving a magic wand. But defensively, I just don't see it. For me, it's Notre Dame, uh, not only entering the CFP top 25, but jumping to number 20. Did we all of a sudden forget that they lost to the worst team in the Pac-12 and to a Marshall team that's been 3-4 and four since beating Notre Dame? I get the domination of the ACC. They won 27 straight against the ACC. The, the, they looked great against North Carolina. They looked great against Syracuse. They looked great against Clemson. But they, those losses really stick out to me. So had they entered at 25, yeah. I'd have been okay. 20, that's ah, a little rich for my blood. Roddy, you know it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of business. They took care of clips, and that's all we want to remember right, right this minute. And Luke's, Luke said he doesn't want to harp. I don't even feel like I know you. I mean, who are you? Where's my friend? I, I don't know you not to harp. Uh, meanwhile, still the Gumball on College Football Live. It's the first time in over a decade that Alabama has lost twice in its first 10 games, and now they get ready for a familiar foe. We'll talk about Bama Ole Miss when we come back. Alabama looking for redemption against Ole Miss. Nick Saban, 29-2 and all-time against his former assistants, including 2-0 against Lane Kiffin. Kiffin, one of the many who found a new perspective and a new path. On, okay, I got it. I can get it. Thank you.
Number nine, Alabama looks for redemption against number 11, Old Miss. Saban, 29 and 2, all time against his former assistants, including 2 and 0 against Lane Kiffin, one of the many who found a new perspective and a new path on Saban's watch.
another and important part of Nick Saban's legacy. Uh, listen, it's not going unnoticed. Apparently, Juice Kiffin, uh, the dog of one Lane Kiffin, is putting the word out that Nick Saban's pretty good <laughs> and even asking guys. He retweeted if um, Grandpa was going to stay with them for the weekend. I'm not so sure that's going to happen because these two likely not to talk a whole lot until this one's over. As we look ahead to Bama and Ole Miss, uh, a lot of things to watch in this one. Lugs, what you got your eye on? Uh, whether or not Ole Miss can continue to run the football to the level that they've run it, really two of the last three weeks, 448 yards on the ground versus Auburn, 390 and a win versus Texas A&M. But when they didn't run it well, they struggled offensively against LSU. And so part of this game is playing keep away from that Alabama offense. And this offense goes for Lane Kiffin as the run game goes. They're still developing a quarterback in Jackson Dart. He'll make his fair share of plays along with his fair share of mistakes. They've got to take the pressure off of him and have a steady run game, meaning Quinshot Judkins, a freshman, and Zach Evans has got to be healthy. Well, you, you mentioned the health of Zach Evans. That is certainly uh, front of mind, Luke. Quinshot Judkins has been the best freshman running back in the league, so I'm, I'm interested to see him. And then yeah. on the other side, the running back for Alabama, Jameer Gibbs, a uh, Georgia Tech transfer, comes in, and he has lived up to the billing. He's their leading receiver. He's incredibly explosive out of the backfield. So this running back matchup, I absolutely love it. Different style runners, different parts of their career, but both guys that are explosive, that are fun to watch, and that really are part of the engine that drives their respective offenses. You know, guys, this is always an interesting matchup. You add to it, though, that Alabama's coming off that stunning loss to LSU, and Nick Saban uh, will sure be fired up. So, again, another thing to watch. The lowest-ranked team that he's faced as a coach facing an assistant since the 2011 Capital One Bowl, by the way. Still to come on College Football Live, we'll do a little college uh, channel surfing, that is. We'll also give you some notable matchups and under-the-radar games you want to keep an eye on over the weekend. Our Big 12 ABC Saturday night game presented by Capital One. What else? TCU. We talked about their tough schedule on the way out. They head to Austin to take on Bijan Robinson and the number 18 Longhorns. Our coverage begins at 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific. Some other marquee matchups. After a big win against Alabama, LSU has a chance to clinch the SEC West. That's with a win over Arkansas and an Ole Miss loss to the Crimson Tide. LSU has won its last three in Fayetteville, its longest in series history. For the first time since 1973, we'll have a ranked matchup in NOLA when Tulane faces off against UCF. The Green Wave has lost 60 straight to AP-ranked teams. That is the longest losing streak in the poll era. And we wrap up with Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks. He'll try to make it nine in a row when they host Washington. Nix is the Heisman running in the Heisman running and would join Marcus Mariota as the only Oregon players to walk away with the hardware. Uh, those are the games, of course, we know about. But, Lugs, uh, give me an under-the-radar matchup you'll be watching. Uh, 3.30 Eastern time on Saturday, Louisville going down to Death Valley to take on Clemson. I, I'm really interested to see how Clemson responds. Still a ton to play for if you're the Tigers. Possible ACC championship, double-digit win season. What do they do? It's been a long time since that team's taken a tail kick, and, and Louisville's suddenly 6-3. and three.
Yeah, I'm playing well on defense. I'm going to stay in the ACC and go Wake Forest, North Carolina. Drake May, I think you are the captain of the Drake May for Heisman ship. I'm your first mate. Sam Hartman's turned the ball over nine times in the past two games, but North Carolina's defense has been a get-right defense. Can Wake Forest get right? Should be a lot of points in that one. Should be a lot of fun. And, guys, we say this every week. We are reaching the stretch run here, but so much football to be played and plenty to play for, Lukes, as you mentioned. College Football Live back tomorrow, 4.30 Eastern, to really get you ready for the weekend. We'll see you then. Thanks, everybody.